Book Two, Chapter Twenty Five of the Mystical City of God, Volume Two, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Twenty Five. In accordance with the divine will, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph settle down to dwell near the city of Heliopolis, and they regulate their daily life during their banishment. The traditions which in many parts of Egypt kept alive the remembrance of wonders wrought by the incarnate word gave rise to differences of opinion among the sacred and other writers in regard to the city in which our exiles lived during their stay in egypt some of them assert that they dwelt in this city some in another but all of them may be right and in accordance with facts since each one may be speaking of a different period of the sojourn of our pilgrims in memphis or babylon of egypt or in Matarie, for they visited not only these cities, but many others. I, for my part, have been informed that they passed through these, and then reached Heliopolis, where they took up their abode. Their holy guardian angels instructed the heavenly queen and St. Joseph that they were to settle in this city, for besides the ruin of the temples and idols, which, just as in other places, took place at their arrival here, the Lord had resolved to perform still other miracles for his glory and for the rescue of souls and the inhabitants of this city according to the good fortune already prognosticated in its name as city of the sun were to see the sun of justice and grace arise over them and shine upon them following these orders saint joseph sought to purchase for a suitable price some dwelling in the neighborhood and the lord ordained that he should find a poor and humble yet serviceable house at small distance from the city just such as the queen of heaven desired having therefore found this dwelling near heliopolis they took their abode therein at the first entrance of the heavenly lady with her divine son and saint joseph she prostrated herself to the ground kissing it in profound humility and lovingly thanking the most high for having secured them this place of rest after their prolonged and laborious journeyings she thanked also the earth and the elements for bearing with her since in her matchless humility she persisted in esteeming herself unworthy of all favors she adored the immutable being of god in this prostration dedicating all that she was to do in this place to his honor and worship interiorly she made a sacrifice of all her powers and faculties offering to assume readily and with joy all the labors by which the almighty could be served during her exile for in her prudence she foresaw and affectionately embraced them all by means of her divine knowledge she set a great value on sufferings understanding how highly they are esteemed at the divine tribunal and how her most holy son looked upon them as a rich treasure and inheritance having performed these exalted acts of devotion she set about humbly to clean and arrange the poor little house borrowing the instruments for this purpose although our heavenly strangers were thus sufficiently provided with the shelter of bare walls they were in want of all else pertaining to the sustenance and comfort of daily life as they now lived in an inhabited country the miraculous assistance which they had enjoyed in the desert through the ministry of the angels failed them and the lord left them to the last resource of the poor namely the begging of alms having come to these straits of suffering hunger saint joseph went forth to seek this kind of assistance for the love of god giving thereby an example to the poor not to complain of their affliction 
and all other means failing not to be ashamed to have recourse to this expedient for so early the lord of all creation allowed himself to fall into this extreme of being obliged to beg for his sustenance in order that he might have an occasion to return the alms a hundredfold during the first three days of their arrival in heliopolis just as in other places of egypt the queen had for herself and for her only begotten no other sustenance than what was begged by his foster-father st joseph when he began to earn some wages by his work he made a humble couch for the mother and a cradle for her son while he himself had as a resting-place only the bare ground for the house was without any furniture until by his own labor he succeeded in making some of the most indispensable pieces for the convenience of all three in this connection i must not pass over in silence the fact that in their extreme poverty and need most holy mary and joseph regretted not their house in nazareth nor thought of the aid of their relations and friends nor of the gifts of the kings which they had given away and which if they had saved them would now be useful all of these regrets were far from their minds nor did they complain of the great privation and destitution thinking of the past or worrying about their future but they bore all with incomparable equanimity joy and tranquillity resigning themselves to the divine providence in their extreme need and poverty o oh, smallness of our unfaithful hearts in what excruciating anxieties we are apt to be cast at finding ourselves threatened with poverty or privation immediately we begin to rail at occasions lost or having missed or neglected this or that advantage or at not having done this or that by which we would have evaded our misfortunes all these complaints are vain and most foolish since they can bring no relief although it would have been good if we had not committed the sins by which we are thus punished yet very often we are sorry for them only on account of the temporal disadvantages and not for the guilt connected with sin slow and stupid of heart are we to perceive the spiritual things conducive to our justification and growth in grace luke chapter twenty four verse twenty five while on the other hand we are full of fleshly and earthly rashness in entering upon temporal affairs and anxieties the example of our exiles is indeed a severe reprimand for our low-minded earthliness the most prudent lady and her spouse forsaken and destitute of all temporal help accommodated themselves joyfully to the poverty of their little dwelling of the three rooms which it contained they assigned one to be the sanctuary or temple of the infant jesus under the tender care of the most pure mother there they placed the cradle and her bare couch until after some days by the labor of the holy spouse and through the kindness of some pious women they could obtain wherewith to cover it another room was set aside for the sleeping place and oratory of saint joseph the third served as a workshop for plying his trade in view of their great poverty and the great difficulty of sufficient employment as a carpenter the great lady resolved to assist him by the work of her hands to earn a livelihood she immediately executed her resolve by seeking to obtain needlework through the intervention of the pious women who attracted by her modesty and sweetness were beginning to have intercourse with her as all that she attended to or busied herself with was so perfect the reputation of her skill soon spread about so that she never was in want of employment whereby to eke out the slender means of livelihood for her son the true god and man 
in order to obtain the indispensable victuals and clothing furnish the house ever so moderately and pay the necessary expenses it seemed to our queen that she must employ all day in work and consume the night in attending to her spiritual exercises this she resolved upon not for any motives of gain or because she did not continue in her contemplations during the day for this was her incessant occupation in the presence of the infant god as i have so often said and shall repeat hereafter but some of the hours which she was wont to spend in special exercises she wished to transfer to the night-time in order to be able to extend the hours of manual labor not being minded to ask or expect god's miraculous assistance for anything which she could attain by greater diligence and additional labor on her own part in all such cases we ask for miraculous help more for our own convenience than on account of necessity the most prudent queen asked the eternal father to provide sustenance for her divine son but at the same time she continued to labor like one who does not trust in herself or in her own efforts she united prayer with her labors in order to obtain the necessities of life like other men the infant jesus was much pleased with the prudence of his mother and with resignation in the midst of her dire poverty and in return for her fidelity he asked to lessen the labors she had undertaken one day he spoke to her from the cradle and said my mother i wish to set up a rule for thy daily life and labors immediately the heavenly mother knelt before him and answered my sweetest love and lord of all my being i praise and magnify thee because thou hast condescended to meet my secret thoughts and desires may it please thee to direct my footsteps according to thy holy will to regulate all my labors according to thy wishes and to order all my occupations in each hour of the day according to thy divine pleasure and since thy deity became incarnate and thy majesty condescended to take heed of my longings speak light of my eyes for thy servant hears the lord replied my dearest mother from the time of nightfall that is to say from the hour called by us nine o'clock thou shalt take some sleep and rest and from midnight until the break of day thou mayest occupy thyself in contemplation with me and we will praise the eternal father thereupon prepare the necessary food for thyself and joseph and afterwards give me nourishment and hold me in thy arms until the third hour when thou shalt place me in the arms of thy husband in order to afford him some refreshment in his labors then retire until it is time to prepare his meal and return to thy work since thou hast not with thee the sacred scriptures which were wont to console thee thou canst by thy holy science enter into the doctrines of eternal life in order that thou mayest follow me in perfect imitation and continually pray to the eternal father for the sinners by this rule of life the most holy mary governed her doings during her stay in egypt every day three times she nursed the infant god at her breast for when he pointed out to her the hour in which she was to nurse him in the morning he did not forbid her to afford him nourishment at other times as she had been accustomed to do since his nativity whenever the heavenly mother was engaged in any work she always performed it in his presence and upon her knees and it was very usual during their colloquies and conferences that the king from his cradle and the mother at her work broke out in mysterious canticles of praise if they were all written they would outnumber all the psalms and the hymns used by the church and all that are written 
for there can be no doubt that god conversed with the source of his humanity his most blessed mother in a more exalted and wonderful manner than with david moses mary anne and all the prophets by these hymns the heavenly mother was continually filled with new influences of the divinity and new longings to be united to his unchangeable being for she alone was the phoenix which could be renewed in this conflagration and the royal eagle which could penetrate into the ineffable light and soar from heights to heights whither no other created being could venture to wing its flight she fulfilled the end for which the divine word had assumed flesh in her virginal womb namely to draw on and elevate the rational creatures to the divinity as she was the only creature which did not present the hindrance of sin and its effects nor from disordered passions and appetites but was free of the downward tendency of our earthly nature she flew upward to her beloved and to his exalted habitation not resting until she reached her centre which was the divinity moreover she had always in view the way and the light john chapter sixteen verse six the incarnate word and all her desires and affections met in the immutable being of the most high and therefore she hastened on in burning fervor embracing her goal rather than flying towards it and living more in her love than in her life sometimes also the infant god slept under the watchful care of his happy and fortunate mother in order that also this saying might become true i sleep but my heart is awake canticles chapter five verse two and as this most holy body of her son was for her a most clear mirror in which she saw and penetrated the secrets of his deified soul and its operations wisdom chapter seven verse sixteen she beheld herself therein again and again especially consoling to the heavenly lady was it to see the most holy soul of her son revealed to her in all its heroic operations as a pilgrim and yet a comprehensor while at the same time his bodily faculties were lost in the tranquil and beauteous sleep of childhood his whole humanity being hypostatically united to the divinity our language is incapable of describing the sweet affections and flights of love and the heroic acts of the queen of heaven on these occasions and falls short of the reality but where words fail let faith and love supply the deficiency whenever she wished to afford saint joseph the consolation of holding the infant jesus the mother of god said my son and lord look upon thy faithful servant joseph with the love of a son and father and delight thyself in the purity of his affectionate soul so acceptable in thy eyes and to saint joseph she said my spouse receive in thy arms the lord who holds in his hands all the orbs of heaven and earth and who has given them existence out of his mere bounty refresh thyself from thy labors in him who is the glory of all creation for these favors saint joseph returned most humble thanks and he was wont to ask his spouse whether he could dare to caress the child encouraged by her he would do so and this privilege made him forget all the hardships of his labor and made them easy and sweet in his eyes whenever mary and joseph were at their meals they had with them the infant in serving the meals the heavenly queen held him in her arms partaking of the food with great modesty 
and in holding him she at the same time afforded her most pure soul a sweeter and more nourishing food than to the body adoring and loving him as the eternal god and caressing him with the tenderness of a mother it is impossible to conceive the attention which she paid to this double duty on the one hand to fulfill all obligation that was due to him as from a creature to its creator looking upon him in his divinity as son of the eternal father as king of kings and lord of lords as the maker and preserver of all the universe and on the other hand to give to him all the attention that he deserved as an infant serving and nursing him betwixt these two extremes she was entirely inflamed with love and her whole being consumed in heroic acts of admiration praise and affection of all the rest which the two spouses did it can only be said that they were the wonder of the angels and that they attained the summit of holiness and of divine pleasure instruction vouchsafed by the queen of heaven most holy mary my daughter i came into egypt where i knew no relations or friends in a land of foreign religion where i could afford no home or protection or assistance to my son whom i loved so much it can easily be understood then what tribulations and hardships we suffered since the lord permitted them to come over us thou canst not understand with what patience and forbearance we accepted them and even the angels cannot estimate the reward i merited from the most high by the love and resignation with which i bore them and which were greater than if i had been in the greatest prosperity it is true i grieved much to see my husband in such necessity and want but at the same time i blessed the lord to be able to suffer them in this most noble patience and joy of spirit i wish that thou imitate me whenever the lord offers thee an occasion and that thou learn to act with prudence interiorly and exteriorly ordering well thy actions and thy thoughts without hindrance to either of them when the necessities of life are wanting to those under thy charge exert thyself properly to obtain them if sometimes thou must sacrifice thy own tranquillity in fulfilling this obligation thou needst not on that account lose thy peace of mind especially if thou art mindful of what i have so often told thee not to lose sight of the presence of the lord for by his divine light and grace if thou art careful and preservest thy peace thou canst do all things whatever can duly be procured by human exertion is not to be expected by a miracle nor must one exempt himself from labor in the hope of a supernatural interference on the part of god for the lord sweetly concurs with the ordinary and natural course of created things the labor of the body is serviceable to the soul as a sacrifice and as an increase of merits due to that kind of activity while at work the rational creature can praise god and adore him in spirit and in truth john chapter four verse twenty three in order to fulfill this duty direct thy activity according to his pleasure consult his will in regard to them weighing them with the scales of the sanctuary and riveting thy attention upon the divine light which the almighty infuses in thy soul End of chapter twenty five